On today's episode of Wellspring, we are talking about making a house a home. Yeah. Yeah. We had a really fun... I think this was a really good episode. I think this was our best episode yet, Ooh, personally. Matthew. Yes. Okay. So... Hyping them up, huh? Get excited. Yeah. So today we talk about our dilemma with our apartment. Yes. Um, the new grad experience, because that's what we're kind of experiencing yes. right now. And Well, new grad slash soon to be new grad. And the resolution, how it was all resolved with the cozy corner. Oh, but we're not going to tell you more than that. Yeah, no. You're going to have to watch not. the episode. Definitely not. So uh, I think we should get it started. Yes, let's go. All right, let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Wellspring. Yeah, third episode. You know what they say, third time's a charm. Oi. Hey. He was he was so excited about doing me doing the welcome back thing so he could add in his little comment here. And so this is what he's hyped me up for. And now I'm a little underwhelmed. Hey, come on. Third time's a charm. It's a you know, dad if, joke. If you didn't like our first two episodes, this one's the charm. If you did like our first two episodes, this one's going to be even better. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Um, so, t- <laughs> so today we are talking about home. Specifically making a house a home, I believe. Yeah. A very catchy title my idea okay sure yeah um and mostly this has to do with our dilemma i would say with our current apartment bum, bum, bum. yeah so um we're not like i, I think I, i'm not sure how many other college students have this experience but we actually are housed on campus all four years for undergrad and so um, we just moved out to, I think, both of our first apartment. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Yeah, like our first like long-term apartment. Sure. Um, yeah. And this was like six months ago, five months ago? September 2025. Okay, five months ago. Yeah. Sure. So we moved out to this new apartment in the fall, out to California from our homes where we were respectively quarantining. Um, and it's been, you know, an interesting experience. Yeah, I I would say that one of the things that struck me and kind of, you know, the impetus for this conversation, the impetus impetus, uh, is that, you know, my entire life I've lived in, you know, my family's house. I've lived in, um, you know, on vacations, we'll go to hotels, we'll stay in Airbnbs, you know, all these places are furnished. (laughs) Yeah. But I think the thing that I completely should have expected uh, and did expect, but I didn't really expect it to this extent, I suppose, is showing up at this apartment and it being completely empty. Yeah. And again, I think we're a little late to the game on this because I think most other people have had this experience by now. Like usually when you're in your third or fourth year of undergrad in the States, they tend to let you just start living on your own. Well, they kick you off campus. That's usually Okay. Yeah. Happens. Well, that was the less nice way of putting it. <laughs> they let you spread your wings and fly free and live on your own. No. Um, but yeah, so we got it. We got this nice unfurnished apartment. So now it's our job to do all the HGTV stuff and like fill it up with things. Yes. Um, I will say that, uh, Adithi did not see the bare bones apartment. I am the one who, before she came, I put together the, the bed frame. I put together you know, all the basics, but even still, it was pretty bare when she arrived. Right. And so it was like our job and I, oh, well, sorry, it was your job the first couple of weeks. Our job. Yeah. It's been our job to kind of like put this together and add stuff. And 
we kind of ran into an issue and I don't know if this is relatable to other recent grads or like college seniors, but like your willingness to spend money on your first apartment. Um, Probably pretty low. Pretty low. Yeah. But, but we kind of realized that that was a problem. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying not to spend excess amounts of money on stuff that we know we don't need. Right. And I think also like, I don't know, this is kind of, this wasn't really a permanent move in our minds either. Um, it's been a yeah. weird year, right? I mean, with the pandemic, I think a lot of people are moving around and it's just like, eh, I don't know how long I'm going to be here with all of the regulations changing and stuff like that. Exactly. So, um, for us, when we moved into this apartment, it was like, okay, this is just kind of like an in-between. It was yeah. also a weird time for both of us. Cause like you were starting school cause it's the last year for you. Yeah as a college student and they had announced that they were going to like do a weird hybrid schedule or something. Well, well, essentially my Stanford's year this year has been a lot of back and forth. Pretty I I was supposed to be on campus winter quarter in January. So my plan was to only be in the apartment for a few months, but then they reneged on that and said, no, actually you're going to be on campus spring quarter. Uh, that being starting in April. Uh, but now I'm realizing I may not even want to do that. So, um, long story short, I'm here a lot longer than I initially anticipated. Right. And then I think also, I also think I anticipated us being here a lot less long because, um, (laughs) I guess my job was starting out, it was supposed to start out in the, in the summer, this past summer. And I actually just started my job on Monday Mm. or, um, in fact, it's February. So just early February. I don't, (laughs) um, and so I think like, once you start your job, it becomes a little bit more permanent. Like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to be in this job for a while. I love my job so far. Mm-hmm. Two days going strong. And so yeah. now I'm thinking, and then, you know, the more closer you get to the job starting, it's like, oh, okay, we're like actually going to live here for, yeah, you know, a while. Yeah. But I would say the result of that mentality, the result of kind of, you know, at least initially, all right, well, we're probably not going to be here for too long was, all right, we have to have a bed. Yeah. Let's build a bed frame, get a mattress. We, we got, got a, a desk, but it was you know? like Matt needed yeah, exactly. a desk for school. I was like, eh, I don't really need a desk yeah. now, but like I might need it later for like employment. So yeah. I got a desk. Yeah. But, but essentially it's, it was still bare bones. That's it right? though. Like, yeah. We, we had a bed and we had desks. Yeah. So we, we kept it pretty, pretty basic. And I think by November, December, we started to realize that, you know, life in the apartment was as far as COVID living was going, was great. Yeah, uh, was I mean, there was nothing it wrong was good, with, like, living but, in the apartment. It was, the people were fun. We were having a fun time. It's just, like... There was something missing. There is something. Yeah, there was there definitely something, something missing. missing. And and you kind of, you look at the walls, and they're all just a bare they're white. They're so bare. And we rented a lot of our furniture as well, like, in the yeah. in the shared area. So, like, all of our furniture in the apartment that's not in our room is mm. rental, rental yeah. apartment furniture. And there's no other decoration or nothing. There's just nothing. It's just yeah. a very bare bones place, which is, I you know, made sense logically in our minds. We were like, oh, yeah, you know, hey we're just going to be here for a couple months. It's no big deal. We could always like move somewhere else, mm-hmm. but it made day-to-day living a little bit harder. Yeah. I think actually going, for me a lot of bit harder, kind of going back to the title. I think what it came down to and what we realized is that we we had a house. We didn't have a home. Right. 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 And I think that's a really important distinction that we came to realize. And upon doing some more research, we kind of discovered this field of environmental psychology that Ooh. seems to have 
done a deep dive into this whole concept of, you know, making a home. And right. Kind of what you can do to make a better home and have uh, be positively impacted by the place you're living. Yeah. Which and I, I found fascinating. I have to say the disclaimer and how we ended up getting around this dilemma, which we will cover in the next how many ever minutes we have left. Um, as many minutes as we want. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think our solution is not something that, I mean, a lot of people think the answer is just to buy more stuff or like, yes, it's part of it. But, you know, you don't have to be uber rich to, you know, just improve your surroundings yeah. in a way that improves your quality of life significantly. Like yeah. you can get really high returns off of not really spending a ton of money and still being cheap because... God knows I am cheap still. Yeah, we, like, we, we didn't change our... Yeah. We're, we're, we're buying things with intention now. Yeah, and there are a lot of ac- what we consider to be relatively accessible ways you can do that. And a lot of them are free, completely yeah. free. And so that's kind of what we realize. And I think when you critically think about what it what it takes to kind of make a house a home you'll find that not it it, it, the answer is not simply to buy more things it's a little bit more complex than that and i guess that does tie into the psychology because i feel like we always use psychology to try and make our lives a little bit better yeah on this podcast (laughs) yeah exactly i'll i'll just loop in a couple things uh that i found just kind of setting the scene and then maybe we can talk a little bit more about what we've done yeah set the scene matthew yeah yeah so um so there's an environmental psychologist at the College of Wooster. Wooster. Uh, Susan Clayton, who had a quote that I really liked. Uh, she said, for many people, their home is part of their self-definition, which is why we do things like decorate our houses and take care of our lawns. Um, yeah. No. Which makes sense. That right? does make sense. I mean, it, it's... I think maybe during COVID, maybe not as much, but even still when you're on a Zoom call and, you know, you people can see your background. Yeah. Right? Like your you home sort of defines somewhat. you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think like the definition here also speaks to, I think, a different approach to your home that folks that are maybe a little bit older than we are probably come to their houses with. Like mm-hmm. when you buy your first home, it's like a point of a lot of pride from my understanding of it. Sure. Like you, you know, you saved up all this money you're like getting your first property you want to make it look really nice you want to like reflect you know a new phase of your life or even folks who are getting their first you know apartment settling in together and and things like that for us I think it's like a little bit different because we were like this is like a pandemic situation Mm -hmm. and it's just like we were not planning to do this at all we were a little less momentous yeah we were yeah so it's a little different but I think the purpose of the quote in like trying to bring yourself into your home and having that reflect you Mm -hmm. and making that a practice is something that you can take no matter where you are in your home life. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, And and one other quote kind of building off of that. Oh, yes. That kind of struck me. Oh, yes. uh, Was this guy, William S. Sachs, who did a, um, uh, went on a Hindu pilgrimage. um, And this, so this quote he uh, wrote in one of his books, People and the places where they reside are engaged in a continuing set of exchanges. They have determinate mutual effects upon each other because they are part of a single interactive system. And this sort of came from his, uh, you know, so William Sachs being from a Western cultural background, uh, sort of noticed that, you know, people didn't believe that their environment and their surroundings and their home impacted them, uh, which is, I guess, partially the explanation for like, 
Ikea and like this idea of oh, like, yeah, like minimalist big box living, wholesale. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but well, it's also big in, I mean, not just Ikea, but like a lot of upscale Scandinavian design is made sure. that it's designed that way. So it's not just because of cost effectiveness. A lot of people buy Ikea cause it's just cheaper, Yeah. but a lot of folks, like a well, lot of Scandinavian, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. you can spend a, sh- a lot of money on like a house that doesn't really have a ton in it. Cause that's part of the minimalistic yeah, it Scandinavian. Looks chic. Yeah. It's cool. Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's a better Scandinavian term to cover that, but, um, yeah, maybe, but no, I, I, I guess what I found interesting, though, is I guess his contrast that he found, you know, on this pilgrimage to, you know, in South A- Southern Asia. Did he go on the pilgrimage or was he just covering a pilgrimage? I believe he went on the pilgrimage. Oh, wow. Which okay. is interesting. All but right. yeah, no. So he kind of got this idea from the, the South Asian culture where, you know, they feel like there's this. Cultures. Cultures, yes cultures but like there's this mutual relationship between a person and where they live and their residence and where they reside yeah i mean that's kind of strikes a chord with me i guess um being south asian yeah um but i mean one thing that you i guess I, i don't know how relevant this is psychologically i don't really have any psychological evidence or studies but one thing i can say for our house like what we do is we have a we're hindu right so we're practicing hindus we to clarify, this is your home, At your home. family home. Yeah, sorry, my yes. house. Um, yeah, so I'm originally from Orange County. Um, but yeah, so my home at my family home. Yes. I have to start saying that now. Um, so what we do is everywhere we go, wherever we've lived, you know, we've always had like an individual mini shrine, like a mini home temple. Mm-hmm. And you'll find this in a lot of Hindu homes. They'll have a home temple. And so you actually end up praying, doing a lot of rituals in your house itself, so it's very connected. I mean, yes, people go to temple. I mean, there's Mandara, so you go to temple whenever, you know, you want to. There's like a festival or something bigger. But there are a lot of traditions and a lot of practices throughout the year with your family or individual traditions that you can recognize and celebrate at home. And so my childhood and growing up, I always we always celebrated the Hindu major Hindu festivals Um in our home shrine. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the culture and a lot of the practices are tied into the home itself. And so Mm -hmm. our home becomes a holy place. There's a holy spot in our home, you know? And so it's not as removed the different facets of our lives from like being at home. And a lot of our rituals involve things like going outside and like picking flowers and we bring it in to do puja with and things like that. Um, and so, you know, you kind of get the sense of like your surroundings kind of become your experience of home because Mm -hmm. it's so ingrained, at least for us. And at least I know when you go to India and you see people, you know, there's always flowers, fruits, the same kind of stuff that you use for the pujas and the rituals or the stuff you pick basically from your backyard. Like we have a banana tree in our backyard because Mm -hmm. it's helpful for ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our home is very much in, in our culture is ingrained in our home and vice versa. So this very much resonates with me. Yeah. That's really interesting. I guess for me, I'm sort of thinking back to my family's home in New Jersey. Uh, and I guess, you know, we come from a more Western background, but I, I, I feel like we don't abide by this minimalist idea. A lot of Americans don't. No. Yeah. I mean, my my mom hoards a lot of things, so that may be part oh. of the reason why. Uh, <laughs> don't but, not your mom like that. <laughs> no, no, but in, in a loving way. No, I do too. I got it from her. But um, <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm, I'm just thinking to like my house and, you know, it, it's less of a religious, I guess, cultural attachment and I, I think a lot of what we do in our home is um kind of chronicle the history of our 
of our family, where we've been, what we've done. Uh, And I'm just thinking of like what we have on our walls and we have, you know, so I'm Jewish and we have pictures of myself and my two brothers at our um, reading the Torah at our bar mitzvahs. We have a picture of my parents on their wedding day. We have a picture of a cliff in Maine where we went on a vacation. So it's just a lot of, um, we have a picture of our old house where we uh, lived until I was in second grade. So I think it's just a lot of chronicling our past and chronicling our past homes and our past history um, that kind of makes our home a home. Very interesting. So it's interesting to see how that kind of differs. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. But it seems to achieve the same purpose. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think like the, the like symbiotic systems thing, sounds like your family's approach is more of like a nostalgic, like memory based Mm -hmm. symbiosis. And then um, for our family and for a lot of families that we know, it's very much related to the environment and their physical surroundings and like what's around them. And then you create a spiritual connection out of that Sure. you know, physical surrounding, yeah. like the certain flowers that we use or like the plants that we involve in our pujas mm-hmm. just sounds crazy. But like, those are the things that I will remember, yeah. you know, and if I lived somewhere else, like the individual things that we would bring into the home or keep around our home would definitely find their way inside and be a part of like what our home rituals are. Yeah. So no, it's interesting. Cool. Although we do still, I mean, a lot of um, a lot there's there's still like an, a nostalgia element. Like we go to the Indian store yeah. and buy coconuts and things like that. That sure. you know we don't always find everywhere. And like that's true of a lot of families across the country. They just mm-hmm. like buy the tropical stuff that you would find in India and use those plants. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not a hundred percent divergent, but interesting different perspectives, right? Yeah, yeah. Both of which we've kind of been lacking in our apartment. Oh, we yeah we had nothing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just to clarify, we we had absolutely nothing in our apartment. Well, I wouldn't say nothing. I guess we, like I'm I'm kind of thinking about what we had at the at the start. Oh no, you know what? We I had think, a picture of us. Yes, we have a picture of us, which I think is really nice at Shenandoah Valley. Yeah, right? it's one of our favorite pictures. Yeah, together I think. Um, you're welcome for that, by the way. I believe I gifted it to you, but uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he did. No. It was a sweet gift. But I also think. Uh, we had a couple plants yep. uh, that we brought in, which I think... We well, still have them. Yeah, yeah, No, no, but I'm just saying originally we had uh, our boy Oswald, um, which is a bonsai plant. Another that gift that I you believe gave I gifted me. to you yep. for your My college graduation. graduation. Right, yeah. Um, He's and, right here. He's really cute. Yeah, we're looking at him. And we got Calvin over to my right. Um, He's a slipper plant. A slipper plant? Yeah. And okay, if that I don't holds know much any about me- Calvin. I'm saying that because if that holds any meaning to any of our listeners, please let us know if you have any tips about the slipper or any fun <laughs> facts because he's kind of like a zombie. He just like never, I, I don't know. He's had a couple of dry spells where we forget to water him every now and again yeah, and he's I've doing just fine. watering him. No, I'm saying like over his lifetime. Oh, okay. So oh. it's not calling out anyone, but he just like has an ungodly <laughs> yeah. lifetime. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I, but I mean, I bring that up to say, you know, I think we've, we brought a little bit of a little bit of of this, which I think we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, biophilic design, yeah, and that is a, that is a term we learned very recently. Yes. So we were not thinking this way when we brought the plants in. No, but the I was thinking Pinterest. Nature, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, literally just drawing from Pinterest yeah. boards. But before we transition to that, I just want to bring up one of my contributions to our room. Okay, my beautiful don't, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't do it. Uh, banner. Ew, uh, I'm a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. It's a big part of my identity. Good time to be a Bucks fan. Yeah, last just last week, from when you're listening to this, most likely, uh, they they won the Super Bowl. So. For the first time since 2002. Yeah, so that's been really yeah. exciting. But I didn't 
didn't bring that up to brag. I just brought it up as my contribution to the room, which Adithi hated mostly because of the Comic Sans text okay, on it, I believe. Okay, it's an NFL branded thing that you bought. <laughs> and for some reason, the NFL branded item, which is super expensive, has Comic Sans as the... Fu- well, it's going to be more expensive than like something you buy off of Amazon that's from like a third-party seller, right? That it doesn't own the rights to the Buccaneers. Right, fine. That's fair. Yeah, so there you go. Um, it's not cute. It's an eyesore. It embarrassed me on my first day at work because there was nothing else in our room and it was just like hanging in the corner. Well, it's not embarrassing because it's like not close enough that you can see the Comic Sans font, but every time yeah. I go near it, it embarrasses me just a little bit inside. It, kills, right, well. it, it just kills my heart. But it's okay because we won the Super Bowl. Oh, it's a we for you now. Well, yeah, I'm a fair weather football oh, fan. Oh, <laughs> get, get out of here. We won the Super Bowl. I don't know what she's doing. But anyways... Well, you own all the merchandise. Yeah. But anyway, that's another episode. I digress. I just wanted to give you an idea of what our room looked like at at the start. That was basically all we had. No, that's not true. That is not all we had. We had one more thing. Um, Because my my mom and I have had schemed before I left home. The one thing that I wanted to bring to the apartment, and she was very adamant that I bring to the apartment is the puja room, like yes. the individual yep. shrine. The corner, yeah. So we have a little corner of the room that is somewhat facing eastward, which is the appropriate direction for the shrine to face. And it's just, it's a really small shrine, but it has, you know, a lot of the, you know, the stuff from home. My mom was so sweet. She painted like a little... Um, Ganesha, no? Or yeah, no. it is a Ganesha and, and um, Mushika. She painted them, and then I brought that with me, and it's really cute. Yeah. Um, but we have like a little shrine of some of the gods from home, and then I think one of my friends from college had like a statue of Ganesha in her room as a decoration. So I reclaimed <laughs> it and gave it the respect <laughs> it deserved. Um, and so Ganesha is, it looks really nice too. It's like one of those like, I don't know if it's Pottery Barn or like Urban Outfitters that, that sell. Stop selling that, by the way. That's not the way it's supposed to be used. And then um, I kept it in our shrine. That is the one thing that I have found value in. Yeah, I mean that's a little that adds a little piece of home. Sure. Um, sure. And all I had, really, yeah, and all I had was my Buccaneers banner. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's a piece of home too. <laughs> to, to each their own. To each um, their own. Yeah. But yeah, I just so that's basically you know it's the extent of our hominess. Uh, this past fall that's kind of all we had no yeah and I guess you know the issue is that we were making memories and having experiences while we were like sitting in this bare room and it just wasn't reflecting our shared experience or individual experiences in a sufficient enough way for us to be happy being inside and as the weather got colder and we were more drawn inside the house Mm -hmm. or apartment yeah it became kind of an issue yeah I would say for sure for sure um so enough of talking about like our dilemma, right? Sure. Let's let's talk about like what we did and why it's a wellness thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, obviously, you know, your space kind of defines a lot of your well-being at this point in time. I think that's something a lot of people are beginning to realize. We're stuck at home all the time because of the pandemic, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always the case, but especially now. Especially it now, yeah. More yeah, evident. I mean, it's a big, especially because you're spending so much of your day-to-day routine at home. Like yeah. people usually would go, I, I used to spend a lot more time outdoors, sure. even though I didn't have to go outside. Sure, sure. But anyways, um, you had found some interesting stuff about how to make a happier home. Yes. Uh, so Lily Bernheimer, who is actually an environmental psychology consultant at, oh. a, f- at a firm called Spaceworks Consulting. That's pretty cool. Uh, wrote up a, an article on psychology today that I found really interesting. 
Okay. Kind of giving just some tips about how to make a happier home. So some of these are maybe a little more aligned towards the actual architecture of your home. So you may want to think about them more if you're building a home or moving to a new home any or if you have choice over like what your rent what you can afford via yeah, rent and stuff exactly. we did not have that option necessarily but you know some of these other ones can be applied in more of a you know making your wherever you're living right now a little more homey homey yeah, yeah. right so the first one that i read wood is good All okay right. so um essentially one of the thing one of the one of the main takeaways was that um wood having wood in your home is is very positive oh um, okay people tend to feel less stressed and less fatigued in wooden spaces which is really interesting i i think it may have to do with the the biophilic attachment that i know you researched and we're going to get into a yeah, lot yeah, deeper yeah. in a little bit but you know wood is a natural you know i've seen that too and i think that's a big trend right now a lot yeah. of um firms and a lot of like design spaces, stores, stuff like that. They're pushing a lot of wood and like reclaimed wood pieces. Actually, I don't know if you remember this, but before we moved into this apartment, I didn't even want like to buy a a bed frame Um, because one of the big things right now, or not a big thing, but it's like this fun DIY project is like you can make your own bed out of pallets, like wood pallets. Oh as like a reclaimed wood yes, thing. I, I yeah, you remember, remember you? you wanting to do this, which we did not follow through no, with, No, we thankfully. totally didn't do this, but like, it's just a fun thought, you know? Like reclaimed wood, I, I get that. Like the experience yeah. of being in a space that has more wood. Yeah. We had like a wooden floor, but yeah. you know. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm thinking about, I don't know how many people can relate, but just kind of like, well, being from the Northeast, right? Uh, colder weather, you know, if you're maybe going skiing somewhere and you stay in like a, a cabin right like, yeah like a, like yeah it feels really warm and homey like yeah I, I don't know and just sitting by the fire in like a wooden cabin like i kind of i get that like less stress less yeah. fatigue um right i think that i think those are two different experiences like two different positive experiences sure because i feel like here at least in like socal and like california yeah. the kind of experience we have with wood it's like a lot of bamboo stuff and it mm. has like a clean feeling like interesting we use like you you might see like reclaimed a lot of reclaimed wood in a space yeah. or something like that that's kind of more environmentally conscious or like cork yeah. board stuff like that, that kind of thing but it has a feeling of like breathability mm. which is really calming I kind of, yeah, I kind of get the opposite. I kind of feel like, well, not like it's not breathable, like it but insulates like you. Warm, warm, like a warm feeling, yeah. like a warm, cozy feeling. That's sort of what I get from wood. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I understand that because like yeah. I know what you're talking about, Yeah. but I feel like my experience with like why I like wood furniture is because yeah. it's breathable and it makes that experience. Yeah. But then again, I don't really get cold where yeah. there's no cold weather around. Exactly. Me, so it just kind of, I think it has to do with where you're from and where the wood is being applied. Ah, I see. And the type of wood, like right. lighter woods like bamboo right. versus right, right. darker woods. Like I don't even know a darker wood, Cher- but like a, cherry. A, a hefty wood. A hefty cherry. Yeah, sure. I don't, I, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> um, <laughs> we didn't do any research on that um the next point uh higher ceilings give us headspace so okay basically just higher ceilings are positive and i think that makes sense just trying to be you know sometimes when you have a low ceiling you can feel a little claustrophobic yeah if, that's a big thing for yeah. people especially now yeah lofted ceilings or like those slanted ceilings you know where you have like a slanted roof yeah and then the ceiling is like it feels taller even though it's yeah. only really tall in one part of it yeah i hear that those also provide the same effect so like getting like a slanted roof that's like really tall yeah so it's like a vaulted or a vaulted ceiling mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know much about that, but okay. I, I'm sort of visualizing. You're showing me like an angle and I'm like, all right, yeah, I, I can kind of get that. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I just, I watch a lot of HGTV. Yeah, more than like, I do, so. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you just want to, you want the feeling of more space, right? Yeah. Like that's Even if you thing. can't use it, which I think is really interesting because you're not, you I mean, know. You're not going to put anything there. You're not really using the space, the extra couple inches that you have, you know, that you can't really access unless you're like 10 feet tall, right? So like. yeah. Um, but I, but I, just the perception of having that space, I think, is really powerful. Yeah, yeah. I and think so that's does cool. Lily Bernheimer thinks it's very powerful as well. All right. Um, you want to cover the next one? Yeah. Well, it says embrace your curves. Ooh. Um, I'm not actually sure what that means. That like, what sexy. is that? No. Is that... Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's it's basically it's basically just that a lot of design architectural design is very rigid, very straight. Okay. But that doesn't really match. Oh, um, like nature. Nature. Yeah, right? nature okay. has curves, and it's sort of about trying to make your home and your living environment mimic, mimic nature, nature. Oh, okay. with those curves. I see. Yeah, like having more natural patterns and designs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I get that, and I think that kind of relates a lot to the biophilic design concept too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, we'll get. Is that an we'll... architecture thing, or is that more of like a individual pieces inside your home thing? Uh, I think it's mostly an architecture thing, but I mean, if you're considering what to put in your home, just don't put a box, like just a box, like maybe like a rounder item. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like a globe, like a round. I don't know. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Or maybe like a rug. Mostly architecture probably. You can get like a rug. Yeah. Maybe like Like a a rounder rug. rug. Not like a rigid rug. Yeah. Like a round rug. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, think twice before going minimalist. And we kind of got into this a little bit before, but there's uh, an interesting uh, th- there's some science behind it that, oh, that really? there's been some research done on. Essentially, so Andrew Crompton from the University of Manchester, I, I, th- I think he may be an environmental psychologist as well, um, basically found that, uh, so this, do you know what fractals are? Yeah. Yeah, so essentially fractals are shapes that are very prominent in nature that basically... It's like a spiral. Yeah. It spirals in on itself, right? Sort of. Like, if you're looking at a tree and the branches of the tree are the same shape as the tree itself, just on a smaller yeah, it's like scale. like the pieces mimic the wider thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which mimics the pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's the idea of a fractal. and You can always look it up, too, I think. Yeah. F-R-A-C-T-A-L. Yes. Fractal. Yes. Um, and what Crompton found is... The addition of small scale features in a home, so things that you probably wouldn't have if you're going for a completely minimalist, minimalist design, yeah, yeah. they create a cascade of detail. That's the wording he used, a cascade okay. of detail um, in the sense that you have these, you have items at different scales, right? Because you have yeah, like the larger right, home, right. but then you have items on a smaller, like larger scale. Like making microcosms out of the yeah, bigger. That, that sort of replicate this this fractal nature oh, that's kinda cool. of nature so yeah. uh that's sort of the idea behind that and and that gives us a sense of comfort and refuge kind of again likening it to a natural environment so that's sort of why it's beneficial i like that yeah i think that's um i think that's super understandable yeah. and i think that's definitely something you could do more at a it's yeah. not an architectural thing right. it can be but also just you know having stuff in your home that is on a smaller scale whether it be you know, a photo you're putting up on your wall or a little cute fountain that Aditi got that I'm sure she'll 
rave about later. Oh yeah. Um, and you've um, seen on our social media probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, I was very, very happy, very proud of my purchase. Yeah. Uh, so th- that kind of creates this positive effect. That is really cool. Yeah. And this is not to mean that you should be cluttering up your space, right? Because no. I think there is a very different, it's a very different experience of being stressed out by how much clutter is around yeah. you versus being able to create experiences in different parts of your home yeah. with I think, small things. I think the intention is important for yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you can still use like the KonMari method um, that Marie Kondo uses and, and you know, tidy up and stuff. Some, sure. of the, some of the minimalist principles I find really useful, like staying clean. <laughs> but like, you know, you, sure. you, you that doesn't mean you have to have like completely bare walls or like bare countertops. Yeah. Like that's not... Yeah, I personally I think Marie Kondo's a bit. Ooh. Well, I think that's a bit extreme, but isn't that just like? It's very satisfying if you're into like you know some people are very into that. Is it just throw away everything that like doesn't serve a purpose? I, I forget. It, it, you have to, it has to spark joy. Spark joy. That's what it is. That's yeah. What it is. Yeah. Eh, okay. You're you're eh. Eh. I don't know. like does my does my uh, paper uh, what what's the word paperweight does my paperweight spark joy. Probably not. Oh, I think it does. I think it could be useful, though. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a fine line. I think this is a classic design discussion. Like, there's a fine line between utility and then, you know, sentimental value. And then what what value are you really looking for? Are you having joy at looking at this object because it really serves a purpose really well? Or is it because it provides a sentimental value? Sure. Does it need to provide both? I feel like that's like a more meta discussion to like be having. Yeah. That you, you can probably. have that in your mind, but I feel like it's not always going to be like an immediate thing. Like, oh, it sparks joy. Let yeah. me keep it. Or like, nah, I'm going to throw it, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm kind of, I'm of the same mind as you in a way. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think, I think we're kind of in the same zone. Yeah. This in, is what happens when you that. like think about things that you don't really think to think about on a regular basis. Oh boy. The word thinking think about 30 thinking. Times. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I think the last one that Lily Bernheimer mentions is windows, which yes, windows. Seeing is relieving, not reliving, which uh, I thought it was reliving, but seeing is relieving. I think she's Yeah, but I think it's rhyme. like a play on seeing is believing. Oh. Yeah. That's what happens when you watch gotcha. too many like Disney Channel original movies from the 2000s. Like you just, ah, uh, that phrase sticks with you forever. Okay. But, um. That makes sense. I've seen this all the time. Windows bringing daylight, airflow, natural views. I haven't seen a sense of control, which is something that Bernheimer claims is not a positive effect of having a window out there. I don't... Maybe just so you don't feel like you're in jail? Oh, I guess. Okay. Maybe that's <sighs> it. Yeah. Like maybe you don't feel so locked in. I don't know. Windows are nice. We don't even necessarily have amazing views outside of this apartment. Oh, mm-hmm. shoot. We don't really. <laughs> yeah, I pick eh, up the phone later. Yeah, I'll pick up the phone later. Um, but windows are. What was I talking about? Uh, we were talking about the benefits of windows and bringing in the daylight, the airflow, the natural views. Yeah, I mean, I I think it kind of goes without saying that you know windows again it connects to this idea of nature. Yeah. Bringing the nature in, right? It's not even so much making your house look natural. Right. It's actually bringing allowing the nature to come in. Right. And I think that 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 is beneficial. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Super happy with that. It doesn't even have to be a really beautiful view. I mean, we have a view of a senior center. Um, yeah, but it's nice to open our window, you know? Oh, my God. The day, the sunlight is really beneficial for me. I, for sure. I feel different when I have gotten my daily dose of sun. Yeah. Done again. And that's I don't think that's just a California thing. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, windows 
definitely part architecture in terms of where your windows, but also right. I think it's part of design, like making your windows prominent in your space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important too. Like our windows right in front of your desk and you were saying that it was a huge positive impact on you, you know, when you've started working and having the window right yeah. there has been really good for you. Yeah. And I mean, you don't, I mean, we don't, we only have one set of windows in this room, right? You don't have to have a ton of windows. And I know that that, you know, having rooms with huge windows can be like more expensive real estate. Sure. But it's like what Matt said, like when you reorient your, your experience and what you do and like your workspaces around the places that are windowed, yeah. you know, it changes the way that you're, that you experience things. Yeah. Especially because I think also like, I know this isn't something that's in this particular list, but mirrors are another thing that I know open up space a lot more. Um, it makes I the think room we have feel too many bigger. Mirrors. Okay, well, <laughs> we have like these. We have like a, a basically a wall of mirrors behind us, and I guess that's a little much sometimes. But um, we do have our window opposite our mirror, and so you get the view from any direction you're almost any like either of the directions you're facing, and so I I think it's nice. I don't know about like. I don't know about Matt. Maybe he freak, gets freaked out with all the windows. I mean, I, I don't need to see myself that much, right? Like, yeah. I, I, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I do get that it kind of expands the space. Excuse me, expands the space a little bit, it at least your perception bigger. of it, right? Yeah, right. So I guess that's beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, things like that. Just reorienting your worked space and like whatever you do, and make that something where you're facing a, a source of sunlight. That changes the way you experience things. Sure. Even if the sun isn't beaming into your window, yeah. um, just having like a, a, a window outdoors and that being close to where your workspace is, is really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, my mom has a desk at home now that we got. I'm really proud of that. But um, her desk doesn't face a window. She's just next to a window. Yeah. Um, but just having, just having a sunlight source closely available is really helpful too. For sure. Um, and I guess that kind of ties into like biophilic design, right? So this is basically, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but it's, it ties in a lot of what we've been talking about today because I think like we've talked about how a lot of the human experience is or has been intertwined with nature. Mm -hmm. um, I experience this regularly because of what I, like I said, a lot of the traditions we have are very tied into the nature surrounding us or at least the nature in India. Yeah. <laughs> if we go to the Indian store and buy like all of the same vegetables and fruits and such um but you know humans in general have had a relationship with nature for as long as we've been around um even if you don't like bringing nature into your house it's something you interact with all the time mm -hmm. bringing nature into your house by the same token doesn't mean shoveling dirt into your house because that sucks we don't like having dirt in our house yeah we do that occasionally well yeah sometimes <sighs> we like to hike so we track sometimes we track mud but we clean it up right yeah. um it can also just mean like bringing elements of the outdoors into your house. Like for example, the wood is like a really great example of that. Bringing in natural textures, patterns, and designs to make it feel like you're bringing the elements you enjoy of the outdoors, mm -hmm. not just in a visual sense, but every sense, like audit auditory, olfactory, all of those senses yeah. and engaging those um, as you might in nature. Those are things that can add to the sense of a biophilic design and, and biophilic design elements mm -hmm. um, have been shown to be very beneficial for your health. Yeah. And so the study I'm referencing right now is from Ryerson University, their architecture department. They basically did a meta-analysis of all of this literature over the past how many ever decades. Okay. Um, and they kind of just looked at different design elements that affected the way that the students at Ryerson um, have been able to like 
gauge their wellness metrics, right? Okay. So like they identified a couple of different like principles that we can try and follow with design in general that can improve your experience. And this is, mm. this is, I thought this was a good demographic because I feel like we're not too far away from this demographic and a lot of the stressors on students are a lot of the stressors you have in your young life in general. Yeah. Um, you're still a student, so this is relevant, right? Sure, yeah. Um, so some of the things that they discussed are having visual elements that remind you of nature. So this is kind of like the stuff that you were talking about that's in your house. Like you could have a poster of nature, a photo of you being in nature. Um, the colors blue, green, and yellow, which, yeah, that makes sense. They're reminiscent of, of things in nature. nature. Matt's like, eh. Nature, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not my favorite colors, but yeah, no, no, I, I get that they would add to that. No, Matt's favorite color is purple, which I'm sure if you pulled up our Instagram feed, you could see so is a much big feature, and I'm sure you see so brand. much purple in nature. Yeah, a lot of purple. Yeah, not really. Not really. Um, um, lavenders are really nice, though. This part of our cover art. Um, anyways. Then there's a the non-visual stuff. Um, like I mentioned, auditory and olfactory elements. These mm. are really small things you can do, right? I mean, honestly, I just bought an air freshener for our room that has like a naturistic scent or whatever. I mean, how naturistic are the scents that they have at Glade and Febreze? I don't know, but like, whatever, man. Just like buy something that reminds you of nature, even if it's something like an apple cinnamon thing in the fall. Yeah. Those things are yeah. nice. It kind of reminds us of being outdoors. I bought us yeah. like pine woods or something mm -hmm. like that and, and kind of going off of that there's just something about and i'm not christian i'm jewish my dad is actually christian though so we celebrate christmas as well this year for the first time we got a real christmas tree in yes. our house and just the smell, the smell. Of, of a christmas tree was uh, it made such a big difference we we've had this yeah puny the... artificial tree that we've you know, put the ornaments on for years. And this was the first year that we got a real tree. And, and I really felt like it made a big difference. And I think it was because of the olfactory element. Yeah. And a lot of folks have um, potpourri in their houses. And there is an element of, you know, even if there is a little bit of perfume in the potpourri, having flowers and stuff like that, dried yeah. flowers, um, pine cones. A lot of people keep pine cones in their house yeah. or they'll do balsa wood or something like that. Yeah. These are things that are relatively cheap. You can find a lot of these things not for that much money mm -hmm. um, and keep them in your house. If you want to even get a plant or something, um, sometimes like, I don't know, a plant can have a nice fresh smell coming off of it. I don't know about Oswald or Calvin, but like <sighs> it can be that way. Um, you can find plants at your local nursery and they don't have to be $900. Yeah. You know what I mean? We found our plants at Walmart. Um, Calvin, yeah, Calvin's from Calvin's Walmart. Calvin's from Walmart. Uh, Os Oswald's from 1-800-Flowers. Yeah, 1-800-Flowers. So there they, you go. They don't only have flowers. They have some small plants. Exactly. So. And then, you know, even things like going outside and picking your own flowers in a legal way and then bringing them back in, it adds something to your house. And those are those are free, you know. Yeah. Like, legally, again, don't go to someone's property and, like, pick their flowers. But... Um, at least when they're not looking. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. But, just <laughs> don't, don't. No, uh, but they add, like, an olfactory element auditory so this is where our fountain comes in so i wanted to add a little mm. element so another thing that they found in the ryerson study is that water is a really big thing finding a way to bring water into your home space is really helpful now we are broke we can't really afford to have like a moat in front of our house or like a lake in our home or a pond in or just our a home. waterfall wall you know those really oh my God, those wealthy houses that just have like yeah. down, like next to the staircase, they just have a huge waterfall no, I, wall. Yeah. No, you're talking about. I'm sure that would sound nice. That would sound really nice. <laughs> However, we cannot afford that. And yeah, so no. um, something I found on Amazon was this super, super, it's really nice. It's a tabletop fountain 
Um, it, it was literally like $25, um, which I know it's, you know, kind of a splurge for some some of us that are just like growing the groceries this week. But <laughs> I promise you, it's not it, it's not going to take too long to save up your money, hopefully, um, if you want to get this thing. It's like, you know, having a little element of, of water. Stones. This is a fountain that has stones on it. Um, I'm a big fan. She, all, she won't stop talking about it's this a really, It's really nice because also I think it adds that feeling like the sound of water is just a really nice thing yeah. a lot of psych offices a lot of therapy offices they have things like waterfalls waterfall find, yeah. yeah waterfalls waves, waves crashing waves yeah exactly right. holistic health is a big part of it is like incorporating water and it yeah. really does make a difference like i really like going to lakes and stuff but you can't have a lake in your house all the time or you can't live on the waterfront that's not always a, not all the time that's not a luxury everyone has so yeah some really small things that you can do to add value. I've seen people who even do like, you get a nice big bowl, right? You put some water in it and just float flowers on it, like fresh flowers. Mm. It's really cute. You can do it. We, we do it for Diwali or um, whatever holiday, Navaratri, whatever Hindu holiday. Sometimes we do it for that. And it's really mm. nice. It, it's just a, it, and, and those, that's usually free unless you want to buy like a decorative crystal bowl. Get creative, but like, you know. They don't have to cost a lot of money, yeah. but it really adds it adds a lot. I think that was yeah. the best purchase I've made all year, and Matt can testify to that because he's heard me yell about it all yes. month. Very much so. Um, some folks really like to look at local materials. That's what they found at Ryerson. This mm. is a thing. I don't know how connected you are to the actual materials that are used in New Jersey. Um, okay, I don't. Yeah, no. But I'm, there are some things that are really nice. So snooky. For, She's a local material. Yeah. Can we? Snooki just have like a. <laughs> Snooki just is like a chair, you know? Yeah. No. Um, but I mean, there are some places that are famed for using certain materials, like maybe a certain type of wood from a certain place. Okay. Um, adding local things, locally made things, not only does it help small business nearby, but it also can add a feeling of home. Um, I can't think of a lot of things off the top of my head from Orange County that I would really identify in like a piece of furniture, but. You know, the the main idea is to just try and bring design elements from home to give you a sense of home. How about like a license plate? I know a lot of art just uses license plates. Yeah. Is that a local material? Yeah. I think they may also be talking about like plants and greenery. Yeah, no, no. Like I, maybe a local I, plant or something like I that. I was kind of joking. Oh, that was a joke. Okay. Yeah. Well, some people do that. I mean, no, I no, they, they do do that, but I don't think that's what they mean here by local material. Just like a New yeah. Jersey license yeah. plate. Yeah, yeah, probably not. No, maybe. I, I don't know. I can't, I don't, I can't speak to that because I don't actually know enough. But if you guys have any license plate art that really makes you feel biophilic, let us know. <laughs> um, the metal really. The metal really. It's local metal. Yeah. Metal's an element too, though. Um, sure. And then the other thing is dynamic and diffuse light. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. And I mean, this is a big thing. I think nowadays, especially because we're on our screens all the time and your schedule just gets messed up. I, I mean, mm-hmm. sleep schedules just went really insane at the beginning of quarantine for sure. Um, we do all have something called a circadian rhythm. And so we naturally, as humans and mammals, we um that are not nocturnal we do have like a biological clock that we fall under certain times to wake up certain times to go to sleep um you can really change your internal wiring based on like artificial light that's Mm -hmm. what they say to use blue light glasses when you're on your screen and stuff because it kind of changes your circadian it messes with your circadian flow so what you can do in the house um some things that are really easy to do is like if you have a lamp or something or something that has really harsh light a lot of folks use LED lights or lights that are harsher white light as opposed to yellow light because they are more 
there's something about the lights. They're green. They're, there's something okay. green about these like light bulbs that you can use. Fluorescent? Are yeah, you the about? C- CFCs bulbs oh, or something like yeah, that. Um, they, they're the ones that look like spirals. The coils, no? right? But those have a those kind of have a harsher light, and I also know that I know for sure that screens have really harsh light. Yeah. You can get blue light glasses, but something you can do for the house is mm-hmm. buy you know little pieces of fabric and then just like drape fabric over your lamps. Yeah, just it's not. I mean, it it doesn't. You can do colored fabrics or tapestries. I've seen people do tapestries yeah, just over. Make sure it's not a fire hazard, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah no no. Um, <laughs> but well, yeah no, you could definitely. I've seen people do that before for sure. Getting a lampshade makes a big difference too. Yeah. Like lampshades, or you know, they they sell things that you can put on top of like an exposed bulb, or even a lamp that you have that doesn't have a shade or something like yeah. that, and it'll dim the light or soften the light a little bit so it's not as harsh on your eyes. Yeah. Um, and then, again, with the windows thing, definitely make sure that you have a source of sunlight around your house. It doesn't have to be your room, but if there's a, a window in your abode, try to be near it. You know, Spend as much okay. time as you can around a source of sunlight. And the benefits are noted um, in a lot of different studies. So this meta-analysis found that there was stress reduction, um, lower blood pressure, improved cognitive function, lowered self-reported depression and, and mm. things like that. And, and to clarify, this is just for all the biophilic points that you were bringing yeah, up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they kind of yeah. distilled, like, these points in the study and then and then drew it to, like, what the effect was on these students. Gotcha. Um, social relationships blossom and grow. Like, it's nice to not be in a jail cell with a couple of friends when you're having a party after COVID, okay? Don't have yes. a party right now. But um, it improves your social relationships and lighting and ventilation, reduce claustrophobia which is makes sense a huge part of why a lot of folks feel very trapped and it can really affect your mental health being in a space that doesn't have ventilation or good lighting yeah right um so this actually doesn't have a ton to do with like what we did in our apartment to deal with our dilemma um i think the fountain was the most biophilic thing that we did sure so what we did is we have um we tried to like create a space that is known as like a sacred space. I think a lot of people have experienced this. Um, a place you can go in your house or in your apartment that is really just made for you to calm, chill out, just be positive, you know, just get rid of any of your stressors and just have a, a, a dedicated space, individual, separate from your workspace, separate from your bed, mm-hmm. okay? Somewhere where you can just de-stress and relax. Yeah. So what we did is... We call it the cozy corner. The cozy corner. Yeah, we actually say it like that too. The cozy corner. Yes. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Aditi spent a lot more time there than I have so far. But basically, we got a beanbag chair in the corner. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple pillows. Yep. Um, we've got this... Canopy. Canop- sure, canopy. Uh, I was the one that purchased the canopy. <laughs> yeah, it sort of looks like it would go over a baby's crib, but it's, it does. Su- it's serving our purpose. It does, but you know, I mean, if it can calm down a baby, it could probably calm us down, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, and I mean, its function is basically just to separate that area from yeah. the rest of the room. It right? doesn't have to be a canopy in your house. If you have, uh, if you get a divider or something like that, mm-hmm. you can always just block off a, a little piece of the room or something. Yeah. We don't have a huge room. We just like took uh, one of our corners and just made it into the space and just kind of tried to cover it a little bit yeah and then next to the cozy corner we have a couple candles uh we have that photo of us in shenandoah the nature photo which looks nice um the fountain 
Yeah, the tabletop fountain. The tabletop fountain. And we've got all our books. Yeah, uh, our favorite books. We like reading. Um, we like doing stuff like that. And it doesn't have to be books for you. You can find something that you really like to do that has, you know, value and, and yeah. doesn't it doesn't involve a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt and I like to read different things and discover new stuff. We also like to play cards and a game called Love Letter, which deserves yeah. its own episode. <laughs> yeah, um, really fun card game for anyone who's looking for a... A it new is game really to fun. play. It but, is really fun. Yeah, so we've got those near the cozy corner as yeah. well. And new additions include snacks that we're about to bring in. Oh, yeah. Our favorite snacks. That's exciting. Um, and we also have lighting and then also our air freshener to kind of make it smell nice. Yeah. Um, and I mean, did this, was this like a purchase that we made? Yes, we spent money on it. Yeah. Um, I don't like spending money in general, mm-hmm. but... The returns you get on your investment are just ridiculously high. Your ROI is just through the roof on this thing because, like, it just makes your... It's all about the ROI with Yeah, you. it's a separate space. It makes you feel better. And, you know, including small elements like, yeah. you know, the sound of water. Yeah. You know what I mean? The sound of rushing water or, like, a plant hmm. can really change the way that you, you know, move around in yeah. the world and, or and in I, your house. One, one thing that I think is, is interesting, and I've told you this a lot, and... It sort of has to do with environmental psychology. I think it does, but it's sort of a different conversation. Um, This idea of associating places with different actions or different feelings. Yeah. um, And I was basically telling her to get out of bed during the day as much as I could. Because I I don't have a source to bring up right now. But uh, I've read that if you spend a lot of time in bed when you're not sleeping or doing other activities that are meant to be done in bed, um, basically... You're, you're then coaching your brain to associate your bed with maybe work or yeah. looking at your phone right. or other stuff like that. And then when it actually comes time to sleep, you have trouble sleeping. Um, Which was definitely happening to me. Yeah. So, and I think same thing with our desk. We associate our desk with work, which is okay, but we, we don't really want to be doing other activities at our at our desk because then it may make us less productive when we're trying to work. So I think it's really useful for us to have this cozy corner meant to the the focus of the cozy corner is to relax right so when we go there we go there to relax and we keep that relaxation space separate from our working space separate from our sleeping space right so i think that that's really helpful yeah and i think just the designation of the space to coziness yes is the biggest part of this um, but I mean, there are, I mean, the elements of design that we just discussed today, I mean, they're, they're evident now in our apartment more. I mean, the window is a huge part of the room. I mm-hmm. think it's very yeah. much my yeah. light source. I don't really have any lamps near where I work, but the mm-hmm. day light serves as that. And it's a good reminder when the sun sets and you know, yeah. it, you know, it's evening and maybe yeah. I shouldn't be working anymore. Maybe it's time to stop working. Yeah. Um, and I, I also think, you know, having, plants in the room is really nice mm-hmm. i'm growing like tea herbs to yeah try you just and... started growing some yeah. tea herbs and it, it i mean i like growing things so that's something i enjoy but it's just nice to see a pop of green and it's nice to see something else living in the same space as you yeah that isn't a human yeah and i would say one other thing that i i've that we've done that i think was really cool um and kind of served two purposes you know we talked about how our walls are pretty bare mm-hmm. um so we got a puzzle that I think we really enjoyed doing together. Yeah, it was a really fun puzzle. And it's of um, it's of a chocolate Hershey. A Hershey. I got it. I I bought it at Hershey Park, and it's a it's a in Pennsylvania, and it's a chocolate 
shop basically just but sell- like with vintage ads yeah and stuff a like lot that, of a vintage really cool. chocolate shop yeah yeah uh thousand piece puzzle we really enjoyed doing it and now i spent eight dollars well the puzzle was like probably 25 dollars spent eight dollars to get something to stick it all together and put it up on the wall so now we had an activity to do in the puzzle yeah. and now we'll, we'll get to have something up on our wall so i think it could be a cool idea if you get a, a puzzle of a picture that you really like or nature if you're yeah, nature gonna implement some biophilic design yeah. Yeah, and then put together the puzzle and put it up on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And other things I've seen from people are, you know, like I mentioned, floating some water, um, flowers on water, having fresh cut flowers. Yeah. That's not always accessible, but Mm -hmm. getting a plant is a really wonderful thing. Succulents are also really easy to manage and they're not going to take up a ton of space or a ton of your time. Um, And, you know... I know it's not always easy to find beautiful things around you when you are limited by the the amount of money you can spend on rent or something like Mm -hmm. that, but there are really small things that you can do that just make things a lot easier. If you can't buy a photo of something, you could even paint it or draw it. Watercolors add a lot of value in a room, in my opinion. I used to have it back in my... By my room at home, I used to like paint or I even digitally drew a couple of flowers, cacti, mm-hmm. um, something natural. Yeah, blue, um, green, and yellow. It was blue, green, and yellow. There you go. Yes. And then you just put it on your wall and it just adds something for you, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be something super fancy, but it can just, you know, add a little zhuzh up the place. You heard that phrase? Je ne sais quoi. No. What? Oh, no. Wrong one. Yeah, wrong no. phrase. I don't, need, I don't know, actually, because I'm not sure. Oh, I thought don't it was ask a little je ne sais quoi. I don't know. Don't ask us we're to not speak French. French. We're not. We're not um, French. We have, we're, some of our best friends are French, though, and it's um, embarrassing to them to yes. be around us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but anyways. Yeah. Anyways. So. I think, uh, I think we've left we our totally audience went, with quite a bit to think about. Yeah. We went crazy with all the information this week. <laughs> but I think the takeaway from today's episode is to try and find you know, small things that you really like, you know, head to Amazon, okay? Find or support some- your local businesses. Oh, no. Actually, support your local business first. You can go on Etsy or something and, and filter by location, I believe, too. Yeah. Um, well, you could do a little bit of both. Yeah. Amazon, you know, at the end of the day, there are some things you can only get at Amazon. That, okay, we understand. Yeah, budget-friendly stuff you yes, can get, yes, too. Yes. So, you know, wherever, just, like, find something that's small, something that isn't going to break your bank, but it's something that you maybe wouldn't have thought to buy before. Mm-hmm. And if it adds something of value to you in the way of making you feel like you're at the beach or making you feel like you're in a forest or making you feel yeah. like whatever nature you relate to that's nearby, buy it. Yeah. I mean, take it from us. We kind of you know realized how important this was a couple months too late, I would say. Yeah. Take it from all of these environmental psychologists you know, mm-hmm. cl- clearly that this is a really prevalent field and yeah, find it's out really important. Find out the things that that you that drew you to nature or that nature can bring to you. Yeah. Or whatever your memories are in nature, memories from you know sure. your home. Bring those things and bring those elements into your home. If you have to spend a buck or two, it's worth it. Yeah, I, would I think say it's so. worth it. I would say so. Okay, we're gonna head to the cozy corner now. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. All right, you guys. Have a good rest of your day, evening, commute, whatever it is that you're doing. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, Hey, guys. So we forgot a couple things. Uh, So we just wanted to let you know first uh, about our next episode, which is going to be on transitioning into new phases of life. Yes, very exciting, very meta. So we're very excited about that. And... 
Yes, and um, we forgot to mention that you can still find us um, on Instagram at at WellspringPod, um, on TikTok at at WellspringPodcast, and on Anchor, which I believe is how you're hearing this episode right now. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys, take care, and uh, we'll be back. We'll we'll be back soon. Yeah, have a good one, you guys. Oh,